0: Good morning, everybody, and welcome on in. It is Fighters Fury here on 790 The Ticket. Tobin here with you as the next hour we'll dive all over the world of mixed martial arts and boxing. got to be honest with you, this has been uh, one of those shows where you know people have always asked, they're like, oh, what are you talking about, what are you talking about, what are you talking about? I feel like the shows have rolled on uh, pretty fine as far as everything going on with this coronavirus and this pandemic. Uh, it's been fantastic uh, getting up in the morning. I've been watching my wife make breakfast right from my view in the garage studio and whatnot. Um, this has kind of also been similar. People have been wondering, what are you going to talk about with combat sports? What do you and, and honestly, I thought this was going to be the show where it might be a little bit more challenging than others because they have pretty much just shut down. There's not really a good gauge of when anything is going to be is going to be back to normal. And we talked about this last week where it came to uh, the COVID nineteen pandemic, where you know we kind of were wondering when is the when is the the finish line? What is what is the light at the end of the tunnel when it comes to the fight game? Because and especially with boxing, because I know all the we'll get into the drama of UFC two forty nine. Uh, but the you know the, the the last you know kind of the 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 big event that we were all looking towards was Tyson Fury versus Deontay Wilder, which was going to be in mid July. And they scrapped that. And a lot of you know a lot of reason wasn't that this stuff isn't going to be over by July, but you just don't know when these guys are going to be able to train uh Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder. Um, so this was the show I was particularly wondering what's it gonna be like. And I think as you know, the weeks roll on, we'll probably be doing a lot of interviews and we'll start uh branching out like that. You know that we did that with uh with Shannon the Cannon Briggs recently, and I imagine we'll go into to that kind of direction, but you know this has been a sport that's had a lot of drama around it seemingly because you have this UFC 249 drama that is is ongoing and never seems to go away and you know when we first spoke about it i was i remember it was the last time uh, this was 2 weeks ago it was the last time that i was in our miami studios and i remember getting the call from my boss that day um, that we were gonna be off the air for a couple of days as we sorted things out to do home studio stuff um, but that was like the last time I was just like yeah I just I don't I, I don't understand the point of uh, bastardizing something that we've been waiting so long for with the hopes of salvaging something like it was you know some of these things that uh, you know there's some things in sports that you wait for that it's just good enough to wait for them um, and and get them to the full effect and so I didn't understand, the uh, the rush, the need to get UFC 249, and from the UFC president, uh, I think he obviously had a uh, had a very laid back focus of what was going on. Just to fear that we, just the thinking that we were going to be, um, you know, he's not of the belief we should stop everything. And look, it's been uh, it's been hard on a lot of companies, even the parent company of the UFC, WME. Um, Endeavor has has had to do significant pay cuts. Uh, our own company has, has gone through that stuff as well. Everybody is. affected by this. And, you know, the wonderment of the UFC going about this and, and to try and keep things business as usual as much as they can. Um, from part of the standpoint, you know, you, you understand that uh, a guy as ambitious as Dana White wants to keep it going. But from the other side, because there's so many things that, that go into putting a fight together, and making sure these guys are in shape to fight and, and do everything they can to be ready to fight. um, to, to leave them all hanging out in the air like this for weeks upon weeks. And now into a point where we are getting to, um, that, that we're getting to uh, two weeks out from UFC 249. And this was, I really feel like the week where it all kind of bottomed out for this plan and what ended up happening so it was it was a domino effect and this was funny because i was reading this on mma reddit and it said that Khabib is stuck in russia and i you know i thought there's just no way there's no way that the guy would be in a position where he would go back to russia there was talks about him doing it without permission that he would do this in a situation where he couldn't get himself to the fight uh, it seemed more so that he had left America because they were going to fight in Abu Dhabi and that that's why he left, you know, just to, to put himself in position. So he'd be able to get there if, if that was the case. But you get all these interviews that are coming out with Dana White where he's talking about, you know, I, I try one thing and. Uh, another thing messes up or, you know, I open one one door and another one shuts all that type of stuff. You know, these very weird quotes that for a guy who was so sure that this card was going to go on uh, is now just like scrambling. It's, I think that's the best way to put it. It seemed like the UFC president was scrambling a little bit to 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 make this happen. And so, you know, you read these things. Al oh, Khabib is stuck in Russia. He's not going to be able to get out. It Kind of seemed like BS. Uh, there was you know a lot of conflicting stuff that was going on over social media, and then uh, Madoff does an Instagram live and he talks about what he was going through that they went to uh, that they went to United Emeritus and that they went to you know get themselves in position to go to Dubai for Abu Dhabi for the fight, and you know, they're telling him like we're shutting the borders, and so. You're not going to be able to get home. And so I guess the idea was, well, let's not be in a position where we're stuck. Let's be in a position where we can at least fluctuate a little bit. We'll go to Russia. So they go back to Russia, and then Russia decides to do the same thing. They're shutting the borders. So Namaga Madoff is essentially stuck if he were just a normal guy. Now, this is a man who is very, very tied politically, You know, uh, good relationship with Putin, really good relationship with the... Uh, uh, Ramzan uh, Kadyrov, the uh, the uh, president of Chechnya, this is a guy who you know, who uh, offered to host the fight. Now that guy's you know crazy. He wants people to fight to the death. So I would have a hard time believing that if Khabib wanted to get out of Russia, uh, I have a hard time believing Russia would deny him getting out of Russia. But neither here nor there. Apparently, he flew to Russia um maybe without the UFC's permission and in their mind he was out. You know, they start talking about Justin Gaethje. You have a week where everybody's stepping up and they're putting themselves, they're throwing their hat in the ring to make this fight happen. Dana White then is doubling down and he's like this is going to be the biggest card ever. Um you had to the point where Conor McGregor's coach is saying uh you know uh <laughs> he was saying uh oh it was uh you know he was Throwing his hat, the, Connor's hat in the ring, sort of because Ariel puts should Tony fight on the 18th against Justin Gaethje or wait for Khabib? And then he goes, well, what if there's a third option? And then everybody's going googly eyes emoji. I love a good googly googly eye emoji when it comes to uh, sports sports controversies or, or or sports rumors. And so there's a lot of stuff going on, man. Like uh, Jorge Masvidal and Kamara Usman are throwing their name in the ring to, to main event. Um, Dustin Poirier is offering to fight Tony Ferguson, uh, Tyron Woodley and Colby Covington are offering to fight each other, the long time rivalry. So everybody's stepping up in line. And the funny thing is, you know, you always wonder, you know, we have these situations where, you know, guys are very particular about who they fight and when they fight, but UFC is in an interesting, in, in, in an interesting spot because those last minute savior, Types of paydays are always very good business wise for the fighters. And it's one of the rare times that a UFC fighter will get leverage on the company. You know, for the most part, you don't want to call the UFC a monopoly, but for lack of a better term, they are. I mean, you know, all respect to Bellator, which I feel like is kind of flatlined after, you know, what was a good start to the Scott Coker era. I feel like has kind of petered out a little bit. Um, you know, and PFL is doing some nice stuff, but it is what it is. You know, they, they they are just up and coming, and are are a reconstruction of a brand, and you know they 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 are they are just on the up and up. So they're they're a clear distant number three to what a clear distant number two is to UFC, and the UFC is in this great spot where they always have the strength of negotiations when it comes to a fighter they just do i mean other than conor mcgregor who is is bigger than the sport and bigger than uh the ufc for the most part they're 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 it when it comes to it so you know if it's if it's the rare occasion where a guy like jorge masvidal think about how many fights jorge masvidal has and how long it took him to get a million dollar payday would never happen in boxing for a guy of of his recognition there are guys Who are nowhere near his class in the sport, or nowhere near the years that he has in the sport, and they're getting that stuff on the regular. So um, that's that's a fascinating thing when you see that all these fighters are willing to step in. They're willing to step in, but they're willing to step in because it's they they know it's going to come with a great reward. So while you know somebody some may say, well, why would such and such not fight on uh, this notice, but they'll fight on this. It's because they're trying to they're trying to milk the UFC a little bit because and especially the writings on the wall with Dana White. I mean, you know, rare does the guy seem desperate or rare does he seem like he's ever going to get bent over a table when it comes to negotiations. This is one of those where, like, if you were a fighter or you were a fighter's manager uh, and you feel like you really can come to the table and say, like, hey, uh, Masvidal will uh, will will fight on two weeks notice or Usman will fight on two weeks notice. Um, I think the thing that's weird about this, though, is uh, you know, for Usman and for Justin Gaethje and all these, all these guys who are 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 trying to to step in, um, they have the same representation as Khabib does, and so uh, it is interesting seeing that where we are looking at a situation where he's got to negotiate for new fighters because his fighter doesn't know where the fight's gonna be, but he's still gonna negotiate for a fight where nobody knows where. It's gonna take place. We know the when it's supposed to take place on April 18th. We know the who it's supposed to be against Tony Ferguson. Um, but we don't know that to- the only person who's out really the position, the the only person who doesn't really have to be desperate or jumping for a payday here is Tony. Because while I'm sure Tony's gonna to get paid handsomely and 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 he made that uh he made it clear this week that he's still willing to fight. He doesn't really have to because the Khabib fight's gonna be a big fight. I think it's gonna be even bigger now if he were to wait it out. So he's the only one who really doesn't have to bend over backwards to make it happen. Yet they need him to be the guy there, especially if it is just a 155 fighter, a Poirier, a Gaethje, somebody like that. So going on to the uh, to, to the other part of this week. So we find out from Khabib, he's out. Uh, a lot of fighters are throwing their hat in the ring, but Ariel Hawani reports that Justin Gaethje uh, is the main guy. We had him on Tuesday. Ariel was kind enough to join our morning show. Um, was it Tuesday or Wednesday? Either way, we ha- oh it was on Tuesday, and he was uh, he made it clear like Justin Gaethje's the guy. That's the plan. Uh, Masvidal is uh, and and Usman they they kicked around. I think they know that that is that Masvidal's not coming to the table. That's for oodles of money. I think Kamal and Usman the same thing. Um, so Gaethje's probably the guy they can get for good money, but probably keep it realistic. They're gonna have a fight go on. It should be an awesome fight if Tony's willing to go do it, then boom, you got yourself something and you don't have to necessarily uh, break the bank. So we get that news. Justin is the guy. And then Tony is, does, uh, does an interview with Ariel Hawani And he's like making the point that Khabib Nurmagomedov is running again, that this is a clear case of him ducking him and that he flew to Russia. He didn't have to fly to Russia. He flew to Russia for uh, under, under his own volition and has left him high and dry. And this is the... This is uh, the, the fifth time this fight has happened. It's 3-2, uh, as, as Conor McGregor so so greatly put it this week in favor of Tony Ferguson for pullouts. And so where do we go from here? You know, We're in this weird position where we have two guys who are clearly the best lightweights on the planet. We can't ever get them in a cage together. And so how do you go about determining who the best fighter in the best division is? How is it that this is this cursed? How is it that the MMA gods are, are laughing at the UFC fan saying you will never get this fight? We've had uh, Khabib not make weight. We had Tony Ferguson wearing sunglasses inside and mother bleeping, tripping over television wires, tearing up his knee, unable to get to the bout. And now we are in a position where a pandemic is going on. The UFC president was insistent about making it happen rather than just postponing it to late summer. And... Here yet we stand. Two weeks out, Tony Ferguson is going to fight probably Justin Gaethje if they do fight at all. If they could find a venue that actually wants to host them, and what? And and, and Khabib is going to be in Russia. And what does it do for anybody? Um, when we come back, I do want to talk about more of the fallout of what this means because you know Tony's calling for Khabib to be stripped. Uh, Khabib is calling the UFC unprofessional. Connor, kind of. Putting his beak into the the, the business again, and uh, the the rivalry of Kamara Usman and Jorge mosfield took, uh, took another turn. We'll get into some of that. Fighters Fury back right after this. Welcome back, everybody. It is Fighters Fury here on seven ninety The Ticket. Tobin here with you live from the Garage Studio. I uh, hope everybody's having a great weekend and uh, looking forward to another week. Hope everybody's staying safe out there. I know things are getting a little bit crazy, so uh, just hold your family tight. Uh, you know, Be the best human you can be to everybody, and uh, we'll get through this, man. We will get through this, absolutely. We'll roll on with uh, UFC 249 because there were a lot of chapters to unfold, but I really just kind of want to get to the, the 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 rivalry of what these two dealt with because Doni Ferguson was on ESPN this week, and av- after getting the news that Khabib is in Russia, seems like the fight is off, um, at least between them. He looks like he's going to continue to fight or plans to fight as long as the UFC can find a venue, which you got to be honest with you, seems seems like a, a pretty big if. But uh, here is Tony Ferguson, uh, the UFC, former UFC interim lightweight champion of the world and current number one contender on a long winning streak. Here's what Tony had to say about the Khabib situation. You know, you can drop out on Khabib's front doorstep, man. and That dude still will not fight. He will punk out. It's defender vacate, Ariel. That dude needs to be stripped. I don't know. I haven't saw anything in the news this morning about the flights and everything. Rumor was it that. He said, basically, he's like, I got to you know take care of my family, my health and everything else, man, bro, you have an obligation to sign up on the dotted line to be representing not just your country, right? Cause that's what you said. You represent your country and you do everything. You ran, bro. You listened to your pops and you did everything you could to possibly avoid an asshole. So he's calling for community to be stripped. Now I will say this. I did say this on my show this week. Um, this is the only this is the only criteria I think why you could say that the fight should why, why Khabib should be stripped of the title. And I think that is because Tony Ferguson was in a situation where he lost the interim title. It was taken from him all because he tripped over some damn cable wires working for the UFC. So if you want to talk about circumstances of getting stripped um that that was pretty rough. Now, he was interim champion. He wasn't the champion, um, and there is a difference there. The one thing I would say, though, is if you're going to talk about, well, what is what is the difference between the two? Let's just say under the the parameters that work, working. they're both working under terrible parameters, right? Per- terrible circumstances. Uh, understood. But Tony is going forth. He is raising his hand and saying he'll fight. Khabib is out here saying that this is unprofessional, that... This is uh, unacceptable and that he just wants a location of where to fight because he has a lot to deal with. Here's Khabib uh, talking to Brett Okamoto Okamoto earlier in the week. This is not regular fight. This is like how is like 16 days before fight and I don't know location. What is this? This is not professional. This is not like even like Tony Ferguson like a couple days ago. He talked, hey, if I don't have location, I'm not going to sign contract. He said this. This is not my word, but nobody pay attention on this. You know, I don't understand. Like, hey, give me, a, give me a location. I have to come. I have to fly. I have to jet lag. You know, like different climate. I have to cut weight. I have to focus. I have to finish my training camp. Like too many stuff. Too much. Okay, like right now, if they, if they give me a location, if I can come out from Russia and I can go to in any countries like US, Abu Dhabi, doesn't matter. I'm going to fight 100%. 100% I'm going to fight. So Khabib's upset, and understandably so. But here's the thing that that is that's tough if you're if you're a fan of Nurmagomedov. Tony was dealing with all this stuff too. You know, that I do think that that has to be part of the story is that yeah, I, I wouldn't like the idea of somebody's title getting stripped. Because we're in the middle of a pandemic, and this guy thought it it a priority to go home to Russia, but these guys were under the agreement. Like you know, it could have been one of those things where you know Khabib was in the situation where he's training and he's frustrated and all that stuff. But you don't think Tony was dealing with that stuff as well? And so I just think that if you're going to go back to some of the reasons we've seen guys get stripped, and namely the one of the participants that's in this fight. Uh, if you're going to give me what's a more legit reason to strip a guy, one is basically flying off to another country, refusing to do the fight, or a guy tripping and tearing his knee while he's working for the company. I mean, you know, most, in most people's field of business, that's workman's comp. That's, that's not, a, that's not a, a grounds to be demoted, which is basically what happened to Tony Ferguson when he tore up his knee. So I think there's a case to be made for Khabib to be stripped. But here's the problem with doing it. Is that ultimately, if you do strip, t- if you do strip Madoff, that you are going to be in a situation where people are going to look upon Tony as a as a paper champion again. You know, he's going to win the interim championship, and pro- you know, against Justin Gaethje, if he beats Justin Gaethje, Um, and people are going to look at that and say that's that's kind of a fugazi belt. It doesn't really mean much. You know, uh, like I'm seeing this this week with uh, with the John Jones news and John Jones getting arrested for DWI and uh and uh, pleading guilty and all that stuff. And people are saying, "Well, he should be. You know, th- there should be an interim title." I'm like, "Well, why? You know, John John's not going away for a long time. Uh, why? Because he got in trouble? You feel like you're worthy of getting a championship shot? I mean, okay. I mean, Tiago Santos and Dominic Reyes, by all means, fight for a championship. But I think, in the eyes of the fans, you have, we've seen with Daniel Cormier. Um, unless you beat the man, it's tough for people to think of you as the man. So I don't know what stripping Khabib really does for Tony. I think he has an argument for them to take the title from Khabib. I really do. But I just don't... I think in the end, if he ends up himself with a belt after this, what does it do for Tony Ferguson? It's the second interim title, um, and, and both of them are under not great circumstances. But I understand his frustration. Like, this this Madoff. This was the wrap on him before before the Conor thing. Like, look, you Namaga know, Madoff, a lot of people thought was the best lightweight in the world for a long time, but his availability was certainly in question. The weight issues, uh, the injury issues, all of this type of stuff were were things that people had to be worried about with 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 Khabib uh, and what they were dealing with with uh, him as a champion. Um, you know, it's not until recently that he's had this resurgence and looked upon as one of the stars of UFC, beating Conor McGregor the way he did in a highly publicized fight will do that for you. Uh, but I get it. I get it from Tony Ferguson. I get the the frustration that he's going with, uh, with these two because this is the fifth time this is supposed to happen. Um, and and really, how could you, other than the fact that if they don't strip Khabib and he does have to fight for, uh, if he does end up having to fight him to win the championship, you got to think at some point the only thing that's going to keep this from happening is, you know, if he loses to Justin Gaethje or if he ends up losing to Conor McGregor or something like that. But if he continues on top, eventually they're going to get back to each other. This this path is inevitable. It's going to cross again. And then what? And then, you know, does it help business that, again, this is the last unicorn of all fights? Or are people going to get sick of of the dog and pony show where you swear to God that you're going to get this, uh, this great show and, and all of a sudden it's taken away from you? Because it has now been a handful of times. And that's wildly frustrating if you're a UFC fan dealing with all this stuff. Uh, from Naaga Madoff's standpoint of being frustrated with uh the UFC's professionalism I get it uh you know this is one of those things where the guy the, honestly look the person to mostly blame here is Dana um I don't want to hose down uh uh could be because he's scared to fight Tony I don't think he's scared to fight Tony but he is the a side here you know he is the guy that makes it go and bet you ass if, if Floyd Mayweather was taking somebody on in the middle of a pandemic and you know, he didn't know where the fight was. I mean, it wouldn't even be a question that uh that the fight would be postponed or be on Floyd Mayweather's terms. And you know, Normaga Madoff's not Floyd Mayweather, but if you were gonna put a, an apples to apples, I mean he probably is the Canelo. Uh he is he is uh probably top three right now of fame in the UFC. And so with that being the case, um you get it. You get it. Um and, and, I know there's people that, that don't like that, and they think that these guys always say anytime, any place, anywhere, but they don't have a where. Like that's the, you know that is the thing that's that's really the 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 hardest part. If you're Nurmaga Madoff, it's like, well, where is the fight going to be? Does anybody know? Because you remember last week, I was hosing down the idea that it was going to be in Florida. I said, no, no effing way. You know, there's been local cards down here. They they canceled like four of them. They were able to have one card in Jacksonville. Under like some real strict rules, but you know, there were cards at the Gulfstream that was canceled, Hard Rock that was canceled, uh, Mikasuki that were canceled on, on on 24 hours' notice. You know, guys had already cut weight and were supposed to fight at the Mikasuki and they canceled the fights. So I just thought, no way. But at this point, I can't see the fight being international, so it's got to be somewhere. Um, I don't. The, the only thing, this was the one idea that I, th- I thought made sense um, if it was possible, but I don't think it really involves Ferguson, I guess, although it could. If they ended up going to uh, Colby versus Woodley or Usman versus Masvidal, the easiest way to do this, if you really want to have a card, if you really wanted to have a card that has the least amount of contamination the easiest chess pieces to move I think this is just me throwing it out there um I do believe that that uh, American top team has a full-size ring it has a full-size cage so you could theoretically do it at that gym it is a monstrosity so they could fit all the television equipment they need in there I think to make do and do a broadcast you know look man I've gone to warehouses here they throw up a cage it's not like you need the the craziest setup in the world. I'm just trying to make it easier for everybody. You know, places where Masvidal goes anyway cuz he's training. Uh, Usman is literally down the block. Um if they were to make that happen for a Tony Ferguson fight or for a guy who's trading in Big Bear, I don't know. I I don't, I don't know what the answer is there. You know, probably them going to some place some uh reservation somewhere that maybe gets to work outside the guidelines of the United States of America, but I don't know man there's for me I'm hoping I'm hoping that the uh the answer would have just been let's postpone the thing it seems like Tony's still raising his hand and he's he's willing to go and say i I'm ready to to go girl, that's awesome man that's my son he's popping into the garage just saying what's up to everybody he's just built himself a gorilla so um yeah I, I just think that from the standpoint for Tony is you're fighting Justin Gagey, cool. Um, I don't know what it does for you, though, man. Like, I think for... Because for, here's the thing. Nobody... It's not to take anything away from Justin Gage. Justin Gage is a tremendous fighter. He's all violence all the time. He's had a really nice bounce back after what people probably thought was maybe his game peaking when he first got into the UFC where, you know, he won a fight by attrition after looking like he was going to lose and then started getting his ass kicked by a lot of guys who who just looked a little bit more talented than him. And now it's really swung again where he's become that killer. I don't feel like Tony needs to gain any lightweight credibility from anybody. He's already beaten the who's who. Uh, with Gaethje, I thought the perfect place for him to probably go was a Conor McGregor fight. One, I think it'll up the star power of Gaethje. Two, I think if Conor beats him, I think it just adds to his credibility. It's not the most I don't think he's the highest rated, uh, one of the highest rated contenders that he could beat. Um, you know, I think Poirier is better than him, but I get it. You don't want to redo the Poirier thing because you smashed him when he was a, 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 at 145 pounds a decade ago. Uh, well, not a decade ago, but five years ago, six years ago, whatever it was. Um, from from Connor's standpoint, I think beating Gaethje would be a good feather in the cap because he is a top contender and people would look at it upon Connor actually earning his way back to the title rather than being spoon-fed a guy like Donald Cerrone, who I think is a ele- who I don't even have to tell you is a legend he's uh, he's absolutely amazing but um you know the fight the winning a fight like that would mean a lot for Connor to show fans okay he actually deserves to fight for the championship Tony doesn't need that Tony doesn't need to prove that he's worthy of a title shot against Nur Maga off. He doesn't, you know, hell, he might be champion already if his knee never got torn up. He might be champion. And he came back what did he did he come back on six and six months' notice to beat Anthony Pettis? He's 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 Will is is second to none in this sport. It's unbelievable. I don't think he needs a Justin Gaethje fight to prove anything, but if he wants to be the Hulk Hogan cup is his uh, his hand to his ear to to do this for all the nurses and doctors and give the people entertainment in a in a in a storm of crap where we got no sports and nothing to watch. Yeah, listen, I think it'll help him. I, I don't think it, I I definitely don't think it, it hurts him from a fan perspective. But he could lose the fight. He could lose to Justin Gaethje, and I know that's the risk these guys always take when they go in there. But if he loses this this fight, he is. The boogeyman opponent, I don't feel like anybody wants to face, and I don't feel like is going to get a shot again, because I feel like Namaga Madoff will sit back and laugh and hold on to his gold and never take him on again. And for Connor, um, I don't think that that matchup against Tony will be one that he's going to feel like he needs. If anything, I think that'll put him back, make Gaethje look better. And so if Connor beats Gaethje, then it makes the, uh, the Namaga Madoff fight uh, him seem even more legit to fight Namaga Madoff for the belt. So... I just look, man. I hope Tony's going to get paid handsomely for this. I hope they all get paid handsomely for this. But I, I hope that the reward is certainly worth the risk and all of the headaches that he had to deal with, especially Nurmagomedov uh, pulling out of this fight yet again. We're back with more on Fighters Fury after this. Three, two, one. Welcome back, everybody. It is Fighters Fury here on seven ninety The Ticket. Tobin here with you. Uh, but there was some crazy news this week with uh, Billy Joe Saunders, where the uh, he, WBO super middleweight champion of the world, Billy Joe Saunders, he was getting set to fight Canelo Alvarez probably very soon. Uh, He got suspended by the British boxing Board; They took his license away because of a video that he put up where he was basically it was like a, a give advice on, on how to hit your woman during a quarantine of covid-19. And they came in swiftly and they said, "F that, sir! Get get the hell out of here with, with that kind of uh, with, with that with that kind of endorsement of things to say." So they uh, they took his license away from uh, from his his remarks on social media, and it was it was one of those things where he uh, he's you know this is a guy who's been in trouble a bunch. You know, he got into trouble for offering drugs to a woman if she uh, performed an act. To uh, to one of his buddies, uh, you know he's been a guy who has tested positive and been suspended for uh, for for using PEDs, and you know Billy Joe Saunders is a guy who uh, you know I think probably his his real prime performance where everybody was like whoa this guy could be something, was against David Lemieux, and that performance was a while ago. Uh, it, it's saying something. So you know this guy continues to go down the 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 path of. Being uh, a complete jackass, you know. If I, if 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 we may, and you know, I think a lot of people probably don't get the idea of it because you know he's a British star and you know hung with Tyson Fury a lot, but yeah, just very disappointed to see stuff like this because it's it's not like you know this is a sport that has had a share of domestic violence around its fighters in the past. So you have a guy actively going out there uh, joking about it, endorsing it, making videos about it. Uh, it just just doesn't play, man. Especially with uh, with the with the it's bad enough that you you do it, but you do it in the situation that we're in right now. Just uh, just awful. And uh, Chris Eubank Jr. is uh, is one of those guys where he's uh, he's hosing him down. He goes, so Billy Joe Saunders is a woman beating, COVID nineteen hoaxing, drug abusing, police impersonating moron. Oh yeah, paid a vulnerable woman to punch an innocent man in the face as well. How many chances is this idiot going to get before he takes his license away for a good amount of time? As fighters at the top, we have kids looking up to us, copying what we do inside and outside of the ring. And having Billy Joe Saunders represent boxing is an injustice to all women suffering in an abusive relationships and to kids who learn that from abusers. Um, it's uh, it's rough, man. Now, his uh, you know Billy Joe would go on and he would reply to uh, to Chris Eubank by you know sending a message of uh, sending a screenshot of him uh, beating him in a fight, but you know, it, it's tough to argue. I mean, like, look, we're not talking about the results of you as a boxer. I think every, this is the thing that's always funny, is like whenever professional athletes or fighters get in trouble, they think their response is, uh, yeah, but the results, uh, the results erase what I did. And we talked a little bit this, about this with John Jones last week, is where he is one of the rare guys where a lot of what he has done outside the cage has not affected his performance inside the cage, that he's... His greatness is still pretty unparalleled, uh, despite taking every wrong turn personally. Uh, and with Billy Joe Saunders, it's not the same case. Like this has not been a guy who's looked like a world beater for a while now. And now you put on top of it uh, all this jackassery that he's doing I- outside of the ring is just, it's just, it's just wholly disappointing. Uh, some other news from across the pond: Anthony Joshua versus Kubrat Pulev. Was officially postponed. Uh, not surprising. They were. Uh, they were. I think it was. It was June twentieth. They were scheduled to do that for Eddie Hearn. Eddie Hearn, you've had to twist his arm a little bit. He's been, uh, I would say, the closest thing to Dana White as far as this coronavirus uh, pandemic is concerned with scheduling his fights. He's really tried to think every which way to try and keep boxing going. Um, but this is not. Uh, look, this is not surprising. This is what it is, and, and I think people are hoping that a lot of this stuff uh gets cleared up but we don't know man like this has been a week where we've had people in the NBA talk about they think the season's done we've had Kirk Herbstreit come out recently and say that he thinks there's not going to be a football season next season so you know do with that what you will all it means for for right now is we're in a situation where it's a a lot of stuff up in the air um, I told you the thing that scares me about boxing is I'm trying to find on this where the date is where is the the time where it could turn around, because with football we know when football is going to start. With basketball, we kind of have the idea that you know this stuff probably has to be wrapped up by the time the NFL gets going. Maybe that means a delayed start to next season. Um, the rumors around baseball are July fourth, opening day, maybe a hundred game season instead of one hundred and sixty two. Uh, but man, with boxing and and then with the UFC, we've we've you know we've talked uh, to up and down about UFC 249. We don't really talk about any other card. I don't know what the situation with that's going to be. Um, but with boxing, man, boxing just doesn't have that date where we're looking at it and saying that is where things can get back to where it's supposed to be. We thought maybe that was going to be in July with Fury Wilder 3. That got postponed last week. Now we have Joshua. His fight is put on hold. Um, you know, you start looking around, you scrounge around, you're like, man, is this going to be... One of those things where like Canelo Triple G in September is going to be the big thing where we all return because boxing is also interesting in that it has waves. Typically, like August isn't a month where they do a lot of business. Everybody kind of stays off. A lot of people on vacation. It's not a very big business month. I remember my family. uh, We used to we used to shut the doors at August. We had uh, we had a furniture store nielsen's furniture in deerfield beach for decades and my grandfather would always close in august he said eff it you know we we don't do business anyway everybody can kind of recharge their batteries very it's almost a very european model where they just take all this time off uh, my grandfather would get up every single day you know put the cookies out make the coffees for his customers and you would do, would do that six days a week uh didn't work on sundays and then on, uh, and then August shut it on down. It just because business wasn't good, there's was no point. Nobody was here in Florida. Everybody was either uh, out of town or just wasn't in the mood to shop. All that type of stuff. So boxing is similar in that regard. I know it took a weird turn there, but boxing is similar in that regard where it, um, you know, it, it usually goes in waves. Usually it's like Cinco de Mayo to July, and then we'll re- kind of take August off, and then we'll resume back at Mexican Independence Weekend uh for a canelo fight again it's kind of like the, the the seasons of canelo it's like M- may to july and then september to december um with maybe a couple things sprinkled in there in the early winter going like a february fight something like that usually a saint patrick's day fight and i'm talking about major pay-per-views obviously you know with the way things are with the, the streaming platform i mean you you were getting a boxing card damn near every week um that was interesting. Uh, wanted to give a quick shout-out locally to uh, Aaron Aponte, the uh, the alien king. He turned professional this week. He's a friend of the show. We interviewed him, I um, want to say in September, and Aaron was supposed to uh, go fight in Tokyo for the Olympics. He had a lot of uh, national amateur accolades, but obviously uh, the Olympics are postponed, and that is a very fragile thing when it comes to young fighters, uh, the time of the Olympics, why certain guys get to be on the Olympics, and... It's, it's a bit of a lost opportunity because I would say more so now than maybe over the last 10 years, they're really marketing those people of, this guy was an Olympic gold medalist, this guy was an Olympian, uh, Shakur Stevenson, and, and uh, Clarissa Shields really come to mind as two, two Olympians who everybody really looks uh, top rank, really built around, and Showtime built around, so... It is, a, it is a lost opportunity, but I think it's the the best you make of an opportunity. You know, there's a guy uh, we've interviewed a couple of times, Xander Zayas, who didn't match up with the Olympics, didn't line up with the Olympics age-wise. So just went straight to the pros. So Aaron is you know, 18 years old. Uh, seen him spar a couple times. This dude's an absolute beast. Uh, he's got a good manager, I think, in Peter Khan, who's good at guiding these young, uh, these young fighters. So uh, congratulations to him. Really good kid, and look forward to speaking with him down the road. But... Uh, big congratulations, Hialeah's Zone. Trains right there at the Ko Fitness Gym in Hialeah. Uh, great family around him, and that's very involved with his uh, with his boxing career, as a lot of these young fighters are. So, all the best to him, man. Just wanted to give him a shout out and and wish him the best in uh, in these troubling times. Uh, before we get out of here, if I could give you some recommended viewing. So, we were talking about the. Um, we were talking about the lead up to UFC 249. Some people throwing their hat in the ring, and and it kind of cranked up again with Jorge Masvidal and Kamara Usman. It was weird, man. You know, they're both saying I'm getting, I am getting a little tired of because I'm getting a little tired of the back and forth between them from the standpoint of I just want them to fight already. Because I, I and, I, and this is the funny thing, I called this back. When you guys remember, I said when uh, I remember we got to interview them both at, at Super Bowl Radio Row. When the, uh, we interviewed Jorge the day before of the 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 scuffle, and we interviewed It's been literally ten minutes after the scuffle happened between the two of them. But I I told I told you guys I thought that Jorge, as much as he and his management talked about the Connor fight, the Connor fight, the Connor fight, I know everybody wants the Connor fight. I know everybody does, but he didn't have any reason for wanting to fight Connor other than money, and. I want all fighters to get paid well, but making money is not the number one motivation of me wanting to watch a fight. I don't want to watch a fight because these guys are getting paid oodles of money. I get it. A lot of the times we dictate, you know, a conversation around what these guys' payday is going to be and what what how much dough they're going to make. Um, they all should be making a ton more, trust me, especially in the UFC. But the juicier fights are the ones where they have the great backstory. And, and Usman and Jorge had just done a better job of selling, fighting each other than Jorge has of fighting Connor or Camaro has of wanting to fight Leon Edwards, which made no sense. I remember talking to him before his fight uh, with Colby and he's like, yeah, I don't think George is uh, deserving. I think we should fight Leon Edwards. I'm like, you do like, really? Like that's, that's what we're going to do. You're going to undercut him like that. Um, But Masvidal, I mean, he dropped this YouTube video this week and I mean, it is a work of art. I mean, they go back to the archives on Kamaru Usman of him praising Masvidal and ripping Masvidal, him calling himself Martin, calling himself uh, uh, Kamaru Usman, uh, you know, from, um, you know, some of his stuff where, you know, he, he had the grabbing the fence controversies on the uh, Ultimate Fighter show, all that type of stuff. So it's a really, really funny video. Uh, props where props is due for them for that. Um, as far as, you know, and then as far as Kamar, is calling, uh, you know, called Hore a clout chaser, uh, you know, they're calling himself, there's like, look, there's a, there's not only a crosstown rivalry, there's a, a, knowing each other rivalry. There is a, uh, there's just the fact that they're one's the champion and one I think is the deserving contender at that, well, at that weight class. And then there is also the fact where you have the management teams hate each other like poison. And that is you know, Ali, whatever the hell they're called, Dominance MMA, and, uh, you know, the Kawa brothers with first-round management. Obviously, there's been physical altercations there, uh, uh, w- verbal altercations like crazy. They don't like each other. So you have two management teams that do great jobs on social media where they're going back and forth. But ultimately, I want to see these guys fight in an octagon. I want to see Hori Masvidal versus Kamara Usman. Uh, I would say second to Tony versus Khabib, which I might as well just give up on. It's the fight I want to see the most. I'm excited about it, and uh, they've done a great job building it. So now it's just kind of time to go. Like I saw DC uh, intervene with these guys on social media saying, all right, they both want to fight each other. Can we just make the fight happen? Uh, which I appreciate I'm like, yeah, they, what they need is a neutral party because if we're ever going to get this fight to happen, it's if it's going to be between these two just chirping, it feels like no one's ever going to make it happen and 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 have it come to fruition but hopefully uh we will get it this year you know it's kind of hard to know what what uh you know what date everything's going to be on but um i do know this i know that's going to be a hell of a fight when it happens i hope everybody stays safe out there thank you for listening to this episode of fighters fury we'll talk to you guys same time same place next week stay safe everybody